Greetings from your girl, Shea Coulee. Today, Maxwell and I take a dive into the Tyra mailbox and we answer some of your top model questions. We also have a very special visitor coming by to reflect on how top model has impacted both of our lives. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hi, I'm Shay Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. What's up, girl? Hey, girl. How are you? Uh, I am doing well, you know, just another day of um, podcasting about things that I love. I I couldn't agree more. I'm also podcasting today about things I love and I love you. What are we doing today? Oh my gosh, girl. In today's episode, we are going to raid our Tyra Mail bin and read through some of our burning top model questions. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. You guys have written in some really great listener questions and some facts that we are about to dive into. I honestly, I mean, I mentioned this on Monday, but I feel like our listeners are better top model experts than we are sometimes. You know, and hey, that's the thing that's amazing about being top model fans. This universe goes far and wide, and there's so many other experts out there. And I feel like we only become better when we collectively help each other soak up as much top model knowledge and culture as possible. I think, yes, we need a team of smiths on our side. And I think the more smizes we have, the better. Yes, I actually had a friend of mine send me um some of the most amazing Tyra content ever that I had never seen before. Are you talking about that ridiculous video you sent me of Tyra in like 96? Yes. Okay, so Joe Spaceman sent me this very wild question with a video attached. So the video is this 15-minute long video of instructions on this ride at Disney World. And so this is what he says. Did you know Tyra was featured on a ride at Disney World? While I was bored during the pandemic, I found myself watching ride-throughs of theme park rides when I came across this gym. Tyra, dressed as an alien in the pre-show for Alien Encounter Extraterrestrial. Emphasis on the terror. Which closed in 2003 and was replaced by Stitch's Great Escape. But the even weirder part is that she's lip syncing to somebody else's voice. I find it very suspicious that this ride with Tyra Banks in full alien, like, y'all, she's giving very, like, fifth element, like, homegirl, like, opera goddess, like, blue alien like elongated skull kind of like tease like it's like it's it's a lot of prosthetics it's like a lot of that it's very fantasy and i find it very interesting 
that this ride was dismantled and taken down the same year that Top Model Top Model premiered on UPN. Coincidence? I think not. Oh, I didn't even put those two things together because when I watched this, I was <laughs> cackling. I like couldn't stop laughing because especially after watching Tyra on the show, her talk show, Top Model, like you could tell that she kind of has this like fantasy actress bug that she just like really wants to and like tap into whenever she can and she does it on this show so I could only imagine her getting this gig in like 96 and like signing that paperwork and calling her mom and being like fuck Lagerfeld I am playing an alien and it just (laughs) I am literally gonna be this kooky alien on this ride and like fulfilled that whole fantasy and she had she was in character she fully was she fully was like you know it's like we have to give it to Tyra she has always loved to entertain us in many ways beyond that of just your average model you know she says that models are like actresses but they just get one frame and she is a model who deserves a lot of frames so she's like why not film and acting why not being an alien tour guide explaining about how wonderful excess is and i love that it's called excess because if there's anything but it's just the letters x and s but but what i love about it is it's just like if there's anything that we know and love and appreciate about tyra is that she is one to give us some excess yes i mean I just can't believe she did that. I can imagine her showing up to set like the next day, like sitting next to like Cindy Crawford and Cindy being like, well, how would you do yesterday? And Tyra just like secretly being like, oh, nothing. It was really boring. But like in her head, she was like, I played this alien for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like Tyra would definitely be the girl in the dress room. That was just like, yeah, I played an alien yesterday. I was in hair and makeup for six hours. Yeah, because it was a lot of it was a lot of um crazy prosthetics. They said that they needed someone that could model through all the prosthetics and they felt like I was the girl for the job. So I am going to be on a Disney ride because I do know how to model through prosthetics. She was like, I'm extraterrestrial fierce, you know? <laughs> yes. Um I Almost, I so in my head, I accidentally combined two um, Katy Perry songs because she does have extraterrestrial. Um, but in my head, I was singing it to the melody of unconditional. <laughs> so oh. it's like <laughs> it was like extra true. No, I'm not even. No, I'm not even going to attempt that because then that will be on public record for life (laughs) yeah don't make me do any more work cutting stuff out of this Um, so we have our first listener question i mean this person sent in that clip but we have a question from lewis who is curious um who you were rooting for if you weren't rooting for adrian and why so i was rooting for adrian but i would have to say that outside of her the girl that I was rooting for um, was Elise. But I couldn't really tell my mom that because she could not have me out there rooting for a militant atheist. It just didn't look good for us. It didn't, it didn't work well for the brand. 
So I definitely was like an undercover Elise fan um, because I, I feel like I was just so excited by her beauty. I was excited by the fact that she was, you know, this high fashion model, which was something that was new to me. I was really, you know, used to just kind of commercial modeling things that I would see, you know, on packaging and things at the store or on TV. So being exposed to what was, quote unquote, this fantasy high fashion world um, really piqued my interest. So it made me interested in Elise, even though none of the photo shoots from season one were high fashion at all. I, I still was very excited by her. Yeah, she definitely gave us like the most high fashion. Like I, I said on Monday, Adrian was very like this rough commercial girl and Elise was this top model. I also thought Ebony would have been really great. I feel like she kind of got mm, um, a, mm-hmm. not the best edit, like not handed the best cards in that situation. Um, but she prevailed. We have another question from Camilla and Camilla writes, first off, you would slay top model, Shay. No competition. My first question is regarding Psycho One. Do you consider Elisa's rant on her confessional to be one of the most iconic and pioneering rants in reality show history? Absolutely. 100%. That was like one of the rawest, most rawest most raw i like that's one of the rawest (laughs) um it was just so real and everything that she was saying was on point she was at, at in that moment she was working as the perfect narrator for the viewers and that ultimately is what you want for someone in one of those uh, scenarios. You want them to really be able to drive it home for the viewers, like what is going on in the competition. And her point of view on everyone was, it really felt so objective and it just felt so just like, right. And so for that reason, I'm just all like, yeah, that rant for me is one of the most iconic ever. How do you feel about it, Maxwell? I definitely think it was up there in the pioneering realm i mean i feel like now like with all the reality tv show we have i can't hold that to a candle to some of i don't know real housewives um and other sort of reality show rants we've gotten in the past but she yeah i mean that was cuckoo and she really just looked right in that camera and was like this is how i feel shut up adrian yes i know that medical school is hard miss j of course that's why i'm here Duh, right? Do you have any other top model rants? I mean, the show definitely gave us a lot of good fights and drama. In cycle one, I'm going to say um, it's not so much a rant, but I just love the moment where they're having the prayer and Ebony breaks the fourth wall and just looks directly at camera because, like, Robin's prayer is, like, working her, like, last nerve, like, so, 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 so much. I lived for that. I lived for that. I mean, and we can't... Well, if we're talking the whole franchise, too, I mean, we can't go anywhere without talking about the Be Quiet Tiffany rant. I mean, even though that wasn't done by a contestant, I think... Yes, like I is- mean, obviously that supersedes just like so many, um, you know, it, it, that that is just like, be quiet, Tiffany, is like the rant to end all, all rants. 
like you look up rant in the the dictionary and it's gonna be Tyra and that black tube top dress and that 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 cute little layered flip throwing that wig around. And I you mean know? the the most legendaric part of that whole thing is how Tiffany is literally staring at her being like, Why are you yelling what? at me? <laughs> Why'd you do that, Tyra? She's like, You've never done this to anybody else. Like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> This is borderline abusive, you know, but we we love it because it it, it was it, it really kind of put Top Model on the map as like one of those iconic reality television shows that you could always know that you would get some iconography from. And we will continue talking about the iconography as we unpack some of our listener questions. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back. We are here, myself and Maxwell Esposito. It is just the two of us today, and we are going through our listener questions. Here is another good one from Adam. It says, I loved your episode with Raja. Getting her top model insider tea was fun. I really hope she comes back for later cycles. Speaking of returning guests, who are some guests you would love to have on the show? I would love, 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 love to have Jade Cole from Cycle 6. I would love to have Mercedes from Cycle 2. I would love to have Eva from Cycle 3. I would love to have Shandy. I would love to have... Um, April, I would love, I'm like naming so many Cycle 2 girls right now. Um, you know, just so many. I, I, I would love to talk to Jay Manuel. I would love to talk to Miss Jay. I would love to talk to Janice. I would love to talk to Nigel. I would love to talk to Tyra. I would love to talk to Nole Marin. I would love to talk to Nole Marin's Pomeranian. Like, I want every, because everybody saw something different. And I want all the points of view. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever met Janice? I feel like she's very obtainable in the gay world and you guys would have brushed shoulders at some point. Um, no, I haven't. I think you're confusing Janice with Lisa Vanderpump. I haven't seen Janice twirling around the gays that much. Maybe if you it's ask an LA me. thing. Maybe she just twirls around the gays in LA. I have seen her I, one time I went to LA Fashion Week and one time I was one of my friends was working there, so he brought me backstage and he forced he put me to work. It was not as glamorous as um, it seems, but um, she came up behind me and she grabbed my arm and I was like, "Who is grabbing me?" And it was Janice Dickinson, like grabbing me by the arm and she's like, "You're in my way." And I was like. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And then she went. You're like, if someone's in your way, Janice, you don't grab them by the arm. And then it was very iconically hilarious because she sat in a chair and got her makeup done. And then people started taking pictures, and she was topless in the chair. Nobody asked her to be topless. And people started taking pictures, and she got upset. She started screaming and kicking everybody out of the room. It was the most chaotic five minutes I've ever had in my whole life, and I was so glad it happened. That sounds like a very Janice Dickinson type of five minutes. I mean, if there was anybody who would cause that kind of five minutes, it should be her. Have you met any of the girls from the other cycles? Um, I have to live my truth. I am 
like I said before, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't like watch a lot of movies. I grew up on reality TV and I always get the most excited when I meet reality TV stars. And I used to work at Buffalo Exchange in Chicago and Jasleen came and sold clothes to my Buffalo Exchange. And my manager had to take me, tell me to take a 15 because I couldn't stop watching her. And she knew I wasn't good at counting money in the register and she knew I'd get distracted and would have an error. So she was like, you should take a break while she's here. (laughs) I have met Jasleen. That was legendary. We love Jasleen Gonzalez. I would love to have Jasleen on the show too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, Chicago native have had many a moments in um, the girls' bathroom at Queen with Jasleen. She's so um, She is. And, you know, she loves to come and twirl at the club. So, you know, we've seen her all the time. It would also be really fun to get Natasha. Speaking of her season, oh, I would my God, yes. to talk to Natasha, especially about her go-see. That moment <laughs> with the go-sees is true. Natasha. Natasha, honestly, she's the original people have war in their countries. Like, you know, she she literally was giving the perspective to, like, Brittany, who was having a full-on Becky meltdown because she did not communicate. And she was just all like, you know, some people have war in their countries. Just saying. She was just like, and I'd be like that. I'd be like, Kourtney Kardashian watched that and was like, oh, my God. There are people with war in their countries. Come. There are people dying. Come. We've talked about Courtney too much this episode. You know how I feel about her. She's your favorite. I know. Absolutely. 100%. We got a lot of listener questions about our episode with Raja. And people asked us a lot about makeovers and a lot about like her insider stuff. And somebody asked... Um, Our friend Madison actually writes and she says, what are some of the best and worst makeovers they did? Are there any that just stick with you when you first watched it? For me, um, at the top of the list, the best makeover I would say would be Shandy from from the best one would be Shandy from the best makeover. Oh, my God. Okay, so for me, I would say the best makeover would, without a doubt, be Shandy from Cycle 2, because I feel like um, that was a quintessential makeover. That is what you think of when you think of a makeover. The worst... Oh, I would have to say Molly O'Connell, who they gave the big curly weave to, and she just had the thinnest, little stringiest little blonde hair, and it just looked like a big old ramen noodle moment. That was just not the tea. That was really bad for me. How about you? I love Shandy as a best makeover, but I would also like to raise you, and let's talk cycle three, Amanda, who they made who had a very similar look and they took her from brown to like icy white and gave her those contacts. I mean, that was a transformation as well. It was like they took the notes from Shandy and what she needed and they were like, now let's put them on this girl and make it blonder. Yeah, basically, exactly. It was like Shandy was um, beach blonde and Amanda was uh, fully just like, I said beach blonde and Amanda was bleach blonde. Like she was that white, icy. Donatella. And I was was like, ooh, oh my God. Wow, that's blonde. But you know what? Like 
as the season continued, it lost a lot of that tone. But hey, you know, that's that's blonde maintenance and, and that's a whole that's a whole other episode in and of itself. That's a, yeah. a special type of shampoo she probably didn't have access to. So True. Have you ever had a blonde moment, Maxwell? Did you did you ever go blonde? Yes, my mother was a hairdresser. I've been like every type of blonde you could dream of. I've been like white blonde. I did like a honey blonde. I did yeah, like a not toned blonde. I did a blonde and then it turned <laughs> blue from the pool. Um, like I mean, I've been all sorts of blondes. Have you ever been blonde? Yeah, I had like a little moment where I was just like, let me just like bleach this hair and go like silvery, icy. This was like, uh, God, like three years ago that I was just like, yeah, let me just do that for a while. And then um, because I keep my hair uh, short and because you really have to get that touched up like every two weeks, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is way too much effort for this little bit of hair because it's like I'm blonde for two weeks and then I'm like, oh, roots. And then it's just like, like I have those... Justin Timberlake blonde tips, especially with curly hair. It was just giving very that tease and I wasn't trying to live that life. Yeah. Thinking of blonde makeup, like blonde hair too. I also think one of my least favorite makeovers is actually Jade's. I thought when they lightened up and cut Jade's hair like that, I just did not think that looked worked with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I feel like they should have gone either shorter with Jade's hair and have it be less honey blonde and make it a little bit more cooler ash blonde. So if you like that would have worked with her skin tone to make her edgier. Like had they dyed her hair like really ash blonde and then given her a fade, like what Ebony had before Ebony got her makeover with like the waves on top, like that would have been really hot on Jade. I feel like that would have been really sexy. Yeah. I just felt like they did that just to make her mad. Like, I feel like that yeah. was like a haircut. They were like, we're just going to upset you. Because, yeah, it just didn't look, it looked unfinished. It looked like, it, like it really oh. did. There was no shape to it at all. It was just all like blah. It was very there. And like for me to like, uh, like her being a black woman and also having like all this already like that, that Afro, when you think about this shrinkage that goes into black hair, like her hair was already really long, actually. Like, her hair was long and they could have like helped given her some t- a sew-in that was like protective and allowed her to keep the hair that she had obviously spent time like growing out, you know, this beautiful natural curly hair. But yet, no, they were like, let's dye it blonde and chop it off. Rude. Rude. Let's do one more question before we take another break. Um, Griffin writes in and says, I'm sure you guys have seen a lot of problematic photo shoots resurface from cycles past and I'm curious if you have any problematic photo shoots that stick out your in your mind in particular um well definitely it would be the got milk uh moment where they all switched everyone's ethnicities let's that one? uh just yeah that mm-hmm. one's that definitely that, that iconically that, yeah. cringe yeah that definitely definitely and also when you think about it too like and going back and watching it especially you know they're posing with these children and I remember specifically the young little black boy model was terrified of Noelle, who was in blackface. And I'm just all like, I don't know what y'all thought that you were pulling over on that baby, but that baby was like, uh, no, uh-uh, something is not right here. And I'm like, did the parents know? Oh, look, I don't know. That That was definitely one of them aside from when they changed everyone's race was also when the first photo shoot 
I want to say it was cycle seven or eight when they made all the girls do model stereotypes. I was literally about to say the model stereotypes one too. (laughs) That was so cringe. They made all these 17 year old girls like fake eating disorders to take a picture. Yeah. To tell you not to do that. Yeah. I mean. This is audio content, but my face right now is very confused. Look, but I still think that um, Amanda slayed that little bulimia moment. She ate that. She really did. She really did. She oh, ate that? That's, that. yeah, oh my yeah. God. Me saying that, oh, jeez. Uh, she ate that, babe. You know, she really did. And the she kept it down. She ate that. Yeah, no, and I think, I think honestly, too, as someone who um, has struggled with bulimia, for me, at least, as, as problematic as it is in so many ways, and I think, I think like, as cringy as that one is, I feel like there are still some moments where I was, God, I don't even know, I think, I feel like, oh God, I'm like, was it problematic because maybe it made bulimia seem glamorous to me? Because I still look at that picture and I'm like, God, she looks so fierce. I don't know. I'm going to unpack that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have a special guest. All right, so I am really excited to welcome this special guest today. If you guys remember, from the first week here at Wanna Be On Top, I shared the story about my sweet friend Kim that I tormented with my abundant knowledge and fascination with ANTM that I turned her into a fan as well. Well, today we are going to catch up with Kim and see where she has been and what she thinks of ANTM all these years later. Let's listen. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to come here and indulge all of us um, insane America's Next Top Model fans. I mean, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's so funny to me because it really is, for me, a major point in what started our friendship. Because I spoke about it. In our first episode of the podcast, and uh, for anybody who hasn't heard the first episode, I'm just going to catch you up um, about Kim and I's history. So, taking you back to 2003, myself, a really talkative eighth grader who really couldn't shut up. I remember specifically, I was originally placed in like the back right corner of the classroom, Miss Marston's language arts class. And she really had it with all my incessant talking. And so she thought to herself, she's like, hmm, who is the one person that I can sit Jaren next to that he won't talk to? And she decided that she would sit me next to the lovely, the wonderful Kim Guare, assuming that her and I were probably so different that we wouldn't have much in common and probably wouldn't talk to each other. Wrong! Because I, <laughs> I honestly, really at that point in time, it wasn't about conversation. I just liked the sound of my own voice. So every single day I would come into class at, well, not every single day, but every day after a new episode of America's Sex Top Model, I would come in, sit next to Kim and literally give her 
a play-by-play of every single thing that happened on the show. And she was always so sweet, so kind, would always (laughs) indulge me and listen. And one day I come into class and I sit down (laughs) to Kim and I go... Oh my God, so do you want to hear um, about what happened on America's Next Top Model? And she's just all like, no, please don't. And I remember just like cracking up because I was just all like, wow, this girl has really listened to me talk about this show and has not enjoyed it the entire time. It has literally humored me. So thank you. See, look. Y'all, this is this is this is just like what you know. Um, being a good friend is all about. She really was, you know, there just being a solid one. I have to ask you, Kim. I really have to ask you how many times before you actually told me not to tell you about America's Next Top Model. Did you really just want to tell me to shut the fuck up? <laughs> I don't know, but like, I just like. Well, I, I was watching it too. I was like in love with mm-hmm. you, and I remember. I think I also I did kind of. I think I said to you, I was just like, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, precisely because I literally, I yes, and I and I literally think about it, and I go back, and I was just like, I don't know what it was because I was like, I I don't even do that now, and I don't think I've ever done that with like any other show where I would literally just talk about every single moment and what this person said to that person and that it just (laughs) it was just like way too much but I really feel like that was a a jumping off point for for Kim and I and I I just immediately was just like fully enamored by Kim and 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 Miss Marston's plan failed um, and we developed a friendship in eighth grade. And then when we were in freshman year in our art class, and I remember too, because like out of all the kids, um, in our school, the one thing that I always really appreciated about, uh, Kim was that they really didn't give a fuck about what anyone thought about them or anything. I feel like a lot of times in like that middle school, early high school, like a lot of people really are trying to fit in. Like I know that I was definitely guilty of really wanting to fit in. And I just, I guess I just found it so cool how Kim really didn't give a fuck, you know? And um, I was just all like, wow, I just really like this person. We're going to become friends. And I remember in Art Foundations class um, being like, oh, so yeah, Kim, I'm like, bi so just wanted to let you know that I'm a bisexual person and she was so sweet literally humored me allowed me to sit there and lie about being bisexual because it was just like on the train to gay town we all knew it we all- <laughs> Kim, is not- Kim is sitting here nodding <laughs> she's like mm, yeah um but but it was it was great and honestly from that time we were in like art class we because we had like a four-year art program at our high school so uh kim and i were always in art class all throughout high school together and did like art club all of that shit and i just truly adore you kim you have such a just special 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 place in my heart and I just love that you're here and that um, all the fans can uh, listen to your to your voice and get to know you. I, okay, quick question. 
What was your, be honest, what was your first impression of me when you met me in eighth grade? <laughs> I remember that you always had style. You were always dressed. Oh, thank you. Well. <laughs> you made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you did talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you talked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'll talk enough for both of us. Don't worry. <laughs> you were, like, very outgoing, and um, and I was very shy. So I think it was also kind of like a – I learned from you in ways, you know? Like, how to be Aww. a little bit more like myself and not be so afraid, you know? <laughs> and that's so funny because I feel like I learned the same thing yeah. from you, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I – you being shy to me, uh, I feel like you were the first like shy person that I was like, oh wow. Cause I feel like after you, I started to really be attracted to shy people because I was like, shy people actually tend to be more interesting. You know? Um, I was just so, like, they, I was just so, like, because they're not giving you everything. <laughs> Whereas to me, I'm like this big open book. It's like, what? you know, I was just so, like, oh, there's mystery there. And I feel like I, I honestly, did genuinely learn a lot from you as well because um, you made me feel comfortable with being queer, and and that was yeah that that was just like so important to me because you were the person that really helped me to understand that um, it's really not a big deal and there really was no point in me trying to like hide myself from people. And I feel like I became even more confident after coming out of the closet because I was just all like, well, I'm me, <laughs> you know? And um, you also were really the first person um, that showed me any kind of like gender variance because um, I remember how you would paint on your little mustache when um, you would cut your thin little like, little kind of like Salvador Dali looking mustache. And I just remember just a lot. I actually still have a picture that I took of you in Mrs. Rasich's uh, class with your little mustache. And you're kind of looking over your shoulder at me. And I still love that picture so, 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 so much. And yeah, I just, it, it I just, I just love you. I just, I just absolutely adore you. And I, 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 like you just are such, our, our friendship in those years in high school were so very, formative to the individual that I am now. And um, yeah, I just love seeing your face, love seeing you tap dance on Instagram. Uh, that was super fucking cute. I watched it like three times. And I was like, I remember in high school, me joking around like, because, uh, you know, I did all my musical theater bullshit. And I was like, Jigger, I was like, yeah, like this little time step. And you were like, that's not a time step. Jaren, it's just not. You're just kind of like fucking just like flopping your feet around. It's like, damn, drag me, girl. <laughs> I actually thoroughly enjoyed um, your tap dance routine. Are you going to be um, getting back into it? Will we be seeing um, Kim Guare tear up the stages with their amazing uh, tap dance talents? Um, I mean, I once... Right before COVID, I was taking uh, tap dancing classes again. So maybe I'll work. <laughs> might start getting back into it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I live. I live. And so, I mean, throughout, gosh, I mean, honestly, throughout COVID, 
I feel like just like as a creative, like the one thing that's been like my saving grace has just been to try and like create and do as many things to like help cope being away from people. Have you found yourself doing the same thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I've accumulated a lot of pets. <laughs> <laughs> How many snails do you have now? Oh, they multiply so fast. <laughs> it sounds crazier than it is. Like maybe like a couple hundred or so. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're so little. They're so little. And I have a lizard that I found at a plant shop and I'm about to adopt a bunny or two. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I, okay so wow it's like a couple hundred snails it's like have you named any of them can you tell them apart uh, or are you just all like hey little snail hey other snail tell apart there are definitely mm-hmm. like there's rosemary who i found the original snail that i found who's yes so and she's yeah. over a year old now she's eating sweet potato right now yes. um, <laughs> And I can definitely recognize her. And a lot of the babies are Rosemary's babies. <laughs> <laughs> I live. <laughs> and so, okay. So question, because um, now I'm like really interested. So like can snails just like multiply on their own, just like lay eggs and then they hatch out it. That's how, how do snails multiply? Um, so like they are like, they, they are both genders. So they just. Oh, like, work. Who's gonna like give the sperm and like and then like and it's like it's this huge long process it's like hours long wow <laughs> like, seeing each other and being all weird and oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, at once like trying to get in on it all it's and then they put their little sex tube that's like right by their head together <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm <laughs> Wow, this podcast was about America's Next Top Model, but now we're starting to learn about how snails procreate, and I'm really, I'm living. <laughs> I'm like, look, uh, the listeners, you know, they come for America's Next Top Model, but they also learn a lot of things too, you know? Yeah. That's real. I'm, wow, I really, I'm like, so the sex tubes in their face is really yeah. the part that I'm quite intrigued by. They lay eggs, like, out oh, of their- okay, work. Mm-hmm. Out of their wow. ear? But like out of their their head. Like it comes out of their wow. head. Put it down into the ground. <laughs> like, dang. I am so, wow. I'm like, honestly, like so super intrigued. Because I do. I watch your little snails on your IG. And I'm like, oh, cute. But I literally had no idea that you had hundreds of them. I was like, oh, like, I just got like four snails or something like that. That is so, I'm so impressed. You have like. A snail sanctuary going on there. I live. I live. <laughs> well, I want one. I yeah, right. I'm, I'm right. I'm like, wow. This is. I was like, so interesting. I was like, I, I literally like knew none of this. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today for chatting with us a little bit um, and also teaching us a lot about snails. I think that's actually like my biggest <laughs> takeaway from this whole conversation. Everything that we talked about before, I already knew about. We were just like recanting things from the past, but I actually got a really serious, great learning lesson today. And Kim, <laughs> if you can tell our listeners where they can find you and keep up with all your fun snail antics and your tap dancing skills. Um, oh, God. Uh- 
my Instagram? Like, okay. Yeah, sure, if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Mm -hmm. just my name, Kim Guare. Yeah, (laughs) G-U-A-R-E. You heard it here first, folks. Kim Guare. Go follow her on IG so you can get down with these these snails. It's really really the tea. Kim, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hopping on the phone and chatting with us today. It was so good to see you. It was so good to catch up. Thank you. This was so great. Well, that is our show today, everyone. And we are done. We are closing the books on cycle one. Thank you so much for joining us through this journey. We have learned so much and we are really just getting started. So please come back Monday as we kick off Cycle 2 with Shandy Sullivan from America's Next Top Model Cycle 2. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you have any top model facts, questions for me, Maxwell, our guests, or you just want to stop by and say, hey, girl, what's up? You can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Also, if you have any submissions for what are you wearing scenarios, send those our way as well. It will make Maxwell's life so much easier. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. All right. Well, that's it for today. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains, Wanna Wanna Be be On on top? Top? Wanna Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Forever To listen to Wanna Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early sign up for forever dog plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus make sure to follow at forever dog team and at mom podcasts on social and rate and review wanna be on top five stars on apple Podcasts. yes bitch i said five stars on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.